This is Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. Good morning. It is 11 minutes past 11 o'clock on a Thursday morning. Dan Evans in for Gary Stevens this morning. And it's time for our Wellspring segment. And we'll hand it over to Sarah. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning and welcome to Wellspring, a weekly radio show sponsored by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital. June 5 is National Cancer Survivors Day. My guest today is Rachel Payne, who is here to share her past journey with journey with cancer. And we are joining you via a Zoom connection. Uh, And so, Rachel, we are just really very thankful that you are willing to share your story with us today. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sarah and Gary. So, Rachel, tell us about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So my name is uh, Rachel Payne. Um, I am a mom of two girls, a three-year-old spicy little toddler named Audrey um, and a five-month-old named Addison. Um, I've been married to my husband, Eric, for about eight years. Um, We have two dogs. We live in the Hudsonville area, um, and I work for Spectrum Health and Human Resources and have been there for about 11 years. At age 19, your life changed. You were diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. What type of cancer is this? Yeah, so non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, it's a type of cancer that begins in your lymphatic system. And it's a part of that body fighting germ, you know, the the part of your body that fights germs, right? Um, And non-Hodgkin lymphoma, um, it's within white blood cells and they grow abnormally. And that abnormal growth, it forms tumors um, throughout the body. What were your symptoms? Yeah, oddly enough, um, not a lot. Um, I was experiencing knee pain. Um, I was very active at the time. Um, I was a cheerleader. I did gymnastics. Quite frankly, I thought I was maybe getting too old for those activities. Um, (laughs) And my knee was hurting. Um, I was sent to physical therapy for six months um, to rehab my knee. And, you know, the, the rest was history. So really, the only symptom was my knee hurt. How was it diagnosed? Sure. So um, after about that six month physical therapy, my knee just was not getting better. Um, And the physical therapist suggested an x-ray. So I went in for an x-ray and they saw something abnormal. um, And I was pretty quickly sent in for a biopsy. Um, And that biopsy of my knee did confirm um, the cancer and the tumor was essentially in the bone. Um, of my knee and it spread from the lower part um, to the top part of my knee relatively quickly. When we talk about cancer, you know, we talk about stages. Tell us a little bit about where you were at in terms of your cancer. You know, you, you talked about that it was essentially in your knee. Is that a normal or is an abnormal spot for this type of cancer? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny when people hear about having cancer, my first question as well was like, well, what stage is it? I just need to know how bad is it? What stage is it? And I asked that question several times. Um, but because it was in my knee, um, that's a pretty abnormal spot for this type of cancer. Um, and they were thinking it must have started higher in my body, um, maybe in my lymph nodes um, or other organs. Um, so I had something called a PET scan. 
um, in a bone marrow biopsy to basically see where else the cancer may be to help diagnose the stage or, or determine the stage. Um, and thankfully, the cancer was determined to be localized, so just in my knee. Um, and I continued to ask for a stage, right, to know like what the prognosis was. And they really weren't focused on the stage. They merely were calling it a localized cancer um, because it really was isolated to my left knee. You were 19 years old. I mean, not something that you expected. Describe your reaction when you found out that you had cancer. What thoughts were going through your head? And lots of thoughts, as you can imagine. Um, you know, without knowing about it, without knowing much about the type of cancer or, you know, what the, the, the future was going to look like, I mean, not to, not to sound dramatic, but your, your life kind of flashes before you, um, you know, what the future is going to look like for you. Um, and quite frankly, no matter how many times I was told it's curable, um, I still was told that I had cancer, right? And I, and I couldn't get past that. So my family was, I mean, they were wildly supportive. Um, in reality, we kind of were just ready to roll up our sleeves and, and tackle it um, and educate ourselves. Like we wanted to learn as much as we could about what I was diagnosed with. Um, and from there, it just kind of was a family affair. I mean, I, I had a ton of support along the way. And um, uh, I just learned about truly how curable it was. And, and that, that was helpful in terms of the initial, initial days. You got the initial diagnosis, as you said, you know, you're trying to find out, find out all of the information about the cancer, you're educating yourself. The next question would be, I'm certain to your oncologist, what treatment options do I have? Yeah. So, you know, since my cancer was localized, it was only in my knee, my logically somebody who's not medically trained, I thought, why can't I just do radiation on my knee? right? That feels logical. Let's just tackle the problem and let's do radiation on my knee. Um, that was not an option. And I quickly was told that was not an option um, because it's possible that there was trace amounts of this cancer in my bloodstream. So if we did radiation in your knee, Rachel, I mean, it could come back and show, you know, show somewhere else because we didn't get it all right. Um, so the only recommendation was chemotherapy to ensure essentially they did get it all. Um, I was diagnosed on maybe a Monday or Tuesday, um, and I began chemo a couple of days later because that's how aggressive this um, and fast progressing this type of cancer is. Um, I had a port inserted into my chest for the chemotherapy, and then I had spinal taps to make sure that they injected the chemo into my bone marrow. Um, and then I had those infusions every three weeks. And funny enough, um, right around this Cancer Survivor Day, um, I was diagnosed right around Memorial Day um, of, of the year that I was diagnosed. And I went through treatment up until about Labor Day. Um, so this time of year is, is just interesting, um, just from thinking about the history, um, thinking about Cancer Survivor Day, um, and just thinking about the time frame that I went through the treatment. I, I didn't pose this question to you, Rachel, so I hope you'll let me go off script a little bit. Chemo. Yeah. What is, what is chemo like? Difficult? Yeah. Did you lose your, you, you, you think about people losing their hair, all of that being 19 years old. 
Yeah. Um, losing my hair was probably the worst thing. That was, that was my first concern. Like it was not all of the other side effects. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my hair. And I know the listeners can't see me, but you guys can. I mean, I have long hair, right? Um, now. Um, and I did then as well. And so that was my biggest concern. I did not want to lose my hair. I did lose my hair. Um, actually, two weeks after my first chemo treatment, I lost my hair um, and had a beautiful wig. I loved my wig. It got me through the summer. Um, I picked out my wig uh, before um, I lost my hair so I could match it as well as possible. Um, other than losing your hair, I mean, what's really incredible about modern medicine is that there's there's like a drug to combat every, you know, everything that you might experience. So if I was nauseous, I had something to help with that. Um, you know, if I didn't have, you know, a ton of appetite, there's, you know, something to help with that. And so um, the reality is it was, it wasn't an enjoyable experience, um, but I was young and healthy. And so honestly, the symptoms weren't horrible. Um, it was not fun. Um, and I would go home and I'd be tired. I'd be like, they're trying to kill me. Um, and then I'd get back and be like, okay, I'm fine. You know what? I'm fine. We got this. And then, you know, I'd kind of buck up and, you know, move on with life. So it was hard. Don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, I got through it and my hair grew back. Right. (laughs) Yep. And it's beautiful. Thank you. So were you able to continue on with life? I mean, you talked about Memorial day and, and labor day, Talk about that in the midst of having, you know, these, these treatments on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I reflect on that often and I'm not sure if it was just like my overall determination to not miss anything. Um, or if it was just the fact that I was, I was pretty healthy and I was able to combat a lot of those symptoms. But, you know, at the time I was going through my master's program um, and I was working part-time and it's summer, right? I mean, so I, I wanted to do normal summer things. Um, but I only missed one day of work. Um, and it was towards the end of my treatment. So I found for me, um, the, the symptoms or the side effects of chemo, they got worse as the treatments went on. So like my first couple of cycles, like no big deal, but they were almost like additive. Um, and towards the end, the symptoms were worse. And so this was towards the end of treatment. And it was one day that I did miss work. And I was literally too tired to get off the couch. Like I could not physically get off the couch. Um, so I missed that day of work. And what's funny is I slept it off. I woke up the next day and I, I, my mom will tell this story. Um, I said, okay, I feel better. Let's go to the beach. And we went to the beach the next day. So, I mean, it's just something that, I mean, it is unpredictable and you kind of have to roll with the punches, but, um, other than that, I honestly tried to live a pretty normal life that summer, um, inclusive of riding around Macro Island on our annual summer family trip. So um, it wasn't, you know, fun to spend your summer that way. I went to, I even went to Vegas that summer. Um, so I traveled, but um, for, for the most part, I was able to live a pretty normal life. So what sustained you throughout your cancer journey? Yeah, um, another question that I oftentimes reflect on, you know, my faith, um, my family support, um, and really that determination to recover. Um, honestly, it's largely a mindset knowing that you're going to get through it. Um, you know, you might have had that moment in the beginning where you were in mourning that you had cancer. Um, but the reality is, you know, let's just battle through it and let's fight through it and let's roll up our sleeves and get it done. So I think that determination was really, um, really foundational. 
So the survival rate for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is fairly high. How are you today? You shared at the beginning that you have two beautiful daughters. Yeah, I'm great. Um, you know, I was considered in remission for about five years post, post-treatment um, because that was the highest re- reoccurrence rate. Um, and, you know, the reality is um, I was discharged from my, you know, oncologist and the only regular treatments or, or, or visits I do now are routine echocardiograms on my heart um, because chemo does, could have a long-term impact on your heart. But other than that, I- I'm doing great, living a normal life. And that is wonderful. we got about a minute left. What suggestions do you have for our listeners on how they can support a loved one who has cancer? Yeah. Um, My biggest suggestion is help them live a normal life. They already feel different, right? Um, I remember going to church and felt like everybody was staring at me. I'm like, is my wig? Is it because I have cancer? What's, you know, what's going on? So just help them live a normal life. They already feel different. They feel like a spotlight's on them. Help them do things that bring them joy. Help them do things that make them feel like themselves because going through something like this doesn't always make them feel well. Um, so the normal life is my biggest suggestion. Thank you so much, Rachel. And we are just so thrilled that you are doing so well. Um, you're a cancer survivor and what a blessing that is. And thanks for listening to Wellspring until next week, Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital wishes you well. Thanks for listening to Wellspring presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.